The following programming is sponsored by Tom Tool III. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Time. And we've got Gabe, who is not allowed to talk during the show anymore because of some Freudian slips. He's on the camera. And again, we are streaming live on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. And we are the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. So... The big news, I, I, this is like the only thing anyone's been talking about in my view since last week was the Fed meetings, right? And the big news in my view was a lot of people predicted like two or three rate hikes would happen this year. And the Fed came out and they said, hey, we're, we're, we're raising them six more times after raising a quarter of a point. So if you don't know what that means, let me give you some perspective and then we can talk about reactions and, and what this is going to mean for the economy and the housing market because they're two little different things. There's going to be some different reactions. The Fed has a key interest rate, and when they raise that rate, it has an influence on the markets. It has an influence on the on the 10-year Treasury bills, and typically mortgage rates follow the yield on the Treasury bills. So when it goes up, rates go up. It goes down, rates go down. That That's the way to break it down so everyone can understand this, because I don't know that a lot of people understand what it means when the Fed raises the rate. Right. Fair, fair statement there. So Knowing that they're going to do this six more times, and this is the first rate hike we've seen since 2018, what do you ladies think this means for the market, and how's the rest of 2022 going to play out from an economic standpoint? Does it always get raised by at least a quarter of a point, or sometimes does it go, you know, what increments does it typically go up in? Great question. So in the past, I mean, you, you can raise it. What they, they, They've raised it sometimes a half point. Um, I, I'd have to go back historically. I don't really... To be honest with you, I've never seen it more than that. I don't know if you have, Stacey. Um, I, there was talk it was going to be a half point. Right. And then I think with like the Ukraine conflict and the never-ending coronavirus pandemic, happy two-year anniversary, everybody, um, they, they, they pulled it back a little bit. And it seems like they're, they're going to now more lower, more smaller increment uh, hikes. Would is, they is do the like plan. an eighth or? I don't know. Good question. Because, yeah. I mean, if they did, so they most recently raised it a quarter. If they go in a couple more times this year and raise it by an eighth to where at the end of the day you're still, you know, looking at the same total amount raised, they just did it in smaller increments more frequently, um, then, you know, you're you're in the same position as if we had the four rate hikes all at a, a quarter. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to see what amount they raise it by because... I mean, I think what we're really going to care about at as we kind of look at the year over year and everything is what was the total amount it went up by, not necessarily in how many um, increments. So I'm looking up here uh, the history of this and, and, and what they've done in the past. So I should have an answer for you here shortly. Um, I mean, I know at one point in the 80s, the, the, the Fed rate was 20 percent. Um, so, I mean, it, they... It, there, there's been some some fluctuation with all this, and that, that's you look at look at rate look at rates. Then they were much higher. Mm-hmm. So um, while I'm looking this up, Stacy, what do you think's gonna does this all mean here? Let's, I'd like to kind of get your your take on this, and then I'll have some data for you, Sarah. Well, they probably went with that quarter point because they don't want to, you know, really have a panic reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, there definitely needs to be stability um, because of this inflation. Is people already? 
upset and semi-panicking. I don't see any real panic. I mean, people are mad. They're mad about the gas prices and, you know, some of the food costs. But I don't see that much pulling back. And as far as the housing market, I still don't see where it's making a big shift. We have, you know, we have buyers and they're still buying. Um, Sellers are still selling. But I think for the most part, people know that this is going to happen. They're they're expecting it to happen because we can't be low interest rates forever and ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it's you know fun to ride that wave, but um, people are expecting it. So and they do want it to have uh, an effect. It doesn't. They don't want folks don't want any dramatic changes. But this small incremental and hopefully to reduce the inflation rate um, is is the ultimate goal. And uh, you know whether we'll see how it affects the housing market in the months going forward. So to answer your question, Sarah, it looks like a quarter of a point is the lowest increment that they've changed rates. But in some cases, they have done a point, uh, two points uh, back in the um, this was in 1981. They brought them down four percentage points and then and then they brought it up four and then they brought it down seven. So, wow, that's big swings. It, it looks like, well, in, I mean, 1981, unemployment was eight point five percent and inflation yeah. was ten point three percent. So yeah. they probably had to get a handle on things. I wasn't even alive, so you know, I'll, I'll take their word for it on this uh, on this website here. Um, a quarter of a point looks like the lowest that they that the lowest increment that they they work, and I haven't seen anything. But there were a couple weird ones in here. Like one point, they were eight point six three percent. So obviously, they had to do something less than a quarter of a point. That would be an eighth because then it's point six two five. So maybe there is an eighth mm. of a point. I'm just going through this here quickly. So hopefully that answers your question. I I, I think they're gonna slowly do this a quarter of a point at a time. I mean, it's not healthy to have 0.25% key interest rates to your point, right, Stacey. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think um, if we're looking at this happening, what, five more, potentially five more times throughout the year, it'll, I'll definitely be watching to see what, what amount they they go up by because, you know, I, as you, to your point, Stacey, you know, for people, for buyers that are out there that that need to get into something, you know, this little tick up isn't necessarily going to knock them out of the market. But it is interesting when you look at the numbers for what your monthly payment is at, um, you know, the different rates and how much it it can come into play. Is it enough to have somebody no longer search if they're in a position where they need to buy? No, I don't think so. But as you're as you're looking at your monthly payments, I mean, it certainly it certainly is a factor. Mm-hmm. Well, and the housing payments, the one thing that hasn't inflated, if you look at these inflate, I mean, it's gone down. It's been historically low because of low rates. So I, it, it's almost keeping up with that. And I, I think what hopefully is going to happen is that's going to eventually, I mean, it'll it'll alleviate this inventory issue that we continue to have. But there's got to be more homes that come on the market. Like it's ticked up a little bit so far this month, but it hasn't been anything that's, I mean, are you, are you feeling that in the marketplace, you two, or is it still kind of more of the same since 2020? I feel like more of the same. Um yeah, I'd I say. Think, yeah. Well, and also, and as we talked about before, just how fast-paced everything goes. Even if they're, you know, for depending on what, uh, you know, area and and whatnot, and what the different criteria is, maybe you will see a couple more things coming up. But you know, as if you're not out there right away, it's it's gone. So um, certainly no stale inventory. And in certain categories, I I don't know that I've really seen much of an uptick. Mm-hmm. Um, it just all kind of depends. Yeah, definitely. And no stale inventory. I haven't, I think it's more the same too. I feel the same way out there. Um, especially in certain areas, there's just, it seems like 
if one thing comes on, it's a feeding frenzy. It's like, you know, right, right. Like you put the fish food in the <laughs> and everybody's feeding on it. Yep. And it's gone. Like yeah. Less than 24 hours. Well, so, I mean, that, that that's just, I, I see there's so much demand out there right now. And, and these millennial home buyers that we've been talking about for years at this point, they just, they haven't they haven't been able to find anything yet. So uh, and there's still some of them that are trying to figure out what they want to do, and they haven't really made a decision, which I think is part of the problem because a lot of people want to go out and look, but they're not. I don't know if they're serious about buying. They're just they've heard these stories. Oh, we're going to go shop around for homes, and mm-hmm. they want to go. They're they're not. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, there's nothing fun about buying a house. It's it, the, the fun parts when you move in. That's the fun part. So. So, so with that, we're seeing that the housing market, I don't see any of these Fed decisions affecting the housing market. I totally agree with you, Stacey. Um, however, uh, there's an article on Housing Wire um, from Logan uh, Matashami, uh, and he is saying that this quarter of a point rate hike is his second recession, this is a tongue twister here, second recession red flag. Uh, the first one was when inflation went north of 4%. And the two-year yield went over 0.56%. And again, that's a treasury bill. So he's concerned about a recession coming with, with, with this. So what, what do you two think about that? Well, yeah. And he's also mentioned he's looking for the third red flag. And if that third red flag comes up, then mm-hmm. it's like automatic for him. It, that, that's, it meets the criteria of recession. Um, again, we were in a recession and the housing market, you know, it, it wasn't affected by the recession. We mm-hmm. had a booming housing market. Um, granted, it was a recession because of the pandemic, but we were still in a recession. Um, you know, I, none of us have a crystal ball. We don't know. There's so many factors. There's so many things going on in the world today. Um, and we still don't know those effects, you know, as, of, on everything, supply chain, all that stuff, because uh, we were already having supply chain issues. But as far as housing markets concerned, I, I still think that this is definitely going to be a solid, solid year in the housing market. And I don't think it I think it's pretty recession proof at this point. Yeah, I would I would agree. Well, and, and if you look at the data historically of what happens during recessions besides 2008, the last. So you take that out of it because that was based on bad lending. And you've heard me say this before. Mm-hmm. The other four recessions prior to 2020 Housing prices only went down one time, and they went down less than two percent. So I, I don't see values dropping. If if there is a recession, though, do you see some people kind of maybe pulling out of the market altogether? They're more conscious of their money because I, I've I've been through two thousand eight, and that was that that was real. And, and then people were really concerned about jobs and and all sorts of stuff. Um, so do you see that causing maybe some of these people that were like tire kickers to actually get out of the housing market? Potentially, and I think that. Um you know, for the most part, though, those may be people that already were kind of pulling out as uh, as th- as things have been tight and competitive. Um, you know, if you're just kind of in it looking for that deal or, um, you know, not super motivated, um, there's a chance you've already pulled back at this point. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. seeing are you seeing that? And like with with some clients, have you seen people just say, hey, you know what? I'm not like have you had those conversations. Yeah. OK, absolutely. Um yeah. And and for some of them, as I kind of like look back over the last, you know, since the pandemic started, uh, people that had even pulled back then and are still in a position or I have others that we have been out. We've looked at homes. We've put in offers and they're just like, you know what? 
no, <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this doesn't work for me right now. Let's, let's wait and see how it plays out. And, you know, as we've said a million times, like we don't have a crystal ball. We can educate them um, to the best of our knowledge with what we expect to be coming up and um, kind of give them what's currently going on, what our projections are. But, um, you know, if, if you're not highly motivated, this might not be the, the best time for you to be out there. Especially if you're, um, you know, if if your emotions tend to run a little high during mm-hmm. this process. I mean, it's it is a gut kick each time you don't get an offer accepted. Yeah. So you really just have to treat it like a business and get back to your motivation. Why are you doing this? Why do you want to buy a house? You know, mm-hmm. do you want to stop renting? Do you want to stop paying someone else's mortgage? Um, you know, and you want to start your generational wealth by investing in real estate. I think it's, you know the best move. But if if their emotional fortitude is not there for whatever reason. Right. <laughs> you know, I had a couple and she was pregnant and she she couldn't take it. I mean, mm-hmm. she was highly emotional anyway. Right. But like every time they lost an offer, it was just like she just lost it. Right. So and her husband was just like, I'm done. <laughs> I can't take this. <laughs> so they're out. Um, but I understand, you know, every situation's different. Sure. Well, and, and, you know, the thing is, these people that are deciding not to wait or not not to purchase, excuse me, I don't think it's going to be any better for them later. It's right. not. I mean, it's Zillow just released its latest forecast. I don't know if you saw this. Mm-hmm. So th- this is bananas. So this happened uh, last Wednesday, and Zillow is now predicting the year-over-year rate of home price growth will hit 22% in May. That's wild. That's oh my gosh. larger, and uh, over the past 12 months, home prices are up 18.8% nationally. Now, again, locally, we're, we're seeing more like 10, 12% here in the greater Philadelphia area, depending what count, county you're in. That uptick nationally is larger than any 12-month period leading up to the 2008 housing crash. I, I still don't buy that we're going to see a crash. I, I, I'm, I've said it many times. I know you two are, are in the same boat, but th- 22% is insane. I mean, I remember the other week we were talking about Zillow had predicted 16%. 16. So and, we thought, and we <laughs> yeah. thought that was like, you know, crazy. Yeah. Right. Just like, oh, my gosh, this is that's a huge number. And now 22. Mm-hmm. It's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I get that question a lot. What, you know, oh, we're in a bubble and it's the housing. What, you know, I'm waiting for the crash or is the market going to crash? And you have to explain to people what happened in, in 2008. Um, if, if they first of all, if they weren't in the area, they weren't here, you know, and they just don't have that um, information. And you, you just have to make them understand that's not the situation that we're in now. But yeah, these that increase 22 percent. That's wild. Well, it's also harder getting a mortgage now, and a yes. lot everyone. I mean, in two thousand up to two thousand eight, literally, if you had a pulse, they had stated income loans. You guys know what that is? Yes. You yeah. basically tell someone what your what, right. what your income is. <laughs> right. No docs. It's like, loans. hey, here, no docs. <laughs> like, I'm I'm good. I'm good right. for it. Hey. Right. Yeah. And the rates were a lot higher. So now what we've seen, I mean, that the the annual rate of home price growth uh, that was posted since nineteen eighty six is four point six percent. So that's that's nearly four times greater than the annual appreciation that we're seeing. Now, Zillow's, they're, they're the ones saying it's going to go up this high. Other other uh, economists and, and experts aren't saying that they're going to be 22%. We've seen ranges anywhere from like 4% all the way up to 22 So we'll see who's right. I, I, right now, Zillow does have an advantage, and this is what a lot of people don't realize. You know what company Zillow owns? I don't even know if you two know this. Trulia? Trulia well, they own Trulia. Yeah. That's one. Think real-time data. Where's the real-time data coming in? Showing time? Close. Dot loop. 
Oh, you're Dallas. right. Yeah. Right. Yes. So they yeah. know exactly when you know, when the you're homes, writing an offer. What you no? Offer. What, when they go pending. Uh, so you yeah. can see, okay, this home went pending. Yeah. Here's the average pending price point yep. that we're seeing nationally before it even closes. So they've got the data literally in yep. real time. So I I, I do value there. Um, now it's not not everyone uses Dot Loop, but it's they got data with that. That was mm-hmm. a data purchase, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing that, I do value their modeling a little more because they're they're getting the real time data. It's no different than when I chart stuff for you guys and say, okay, here's what we're seeing this month, and it's based on our team. I mean, we're using the same data, it's just a smaller subset. So. Mm-hmm. You know, 22%, I mean, and, and that I think that's why the Fed is having this approach. They see how incredible this growth is in, in home prices. And they're also seeing, you know, I mean, I, I was I was a buddy of mine was in California. It's like seven bucks a gallon for gas out there. I mean, it's five here. Yeah. Like people are really feeling that. I mean, it, it, prices are inflating and inflation's become an issue because people can't buy. Like the, I think it comes back to supply chain more than anything else because there's not enough products out there. So mm-hmm. they're saying forget it. I'll just, I'll just charge it whatever we want. I've even seen some home improvement prices where, you know, clients of mine looking to get mm. like granite installed and those sort of things. And they're getting numbers that are like five times the average Oh my gosh. from, I'm not going to mention the companies here because that's not fair to anybody, but um, I'll tell you guys off the air. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it's five times the average and they're renovating like restaurants and, and, and residential properties. So a lot of this is that they're, everyone's so busy, and, and I think people have a little more disposable income because they haven't been going out and, and doing the right. things they normally do. Mm-hmm. Starting to change a little bit, so mm-hmm. that, that they did have more disposable income. Yeah, <laughs> well, they blew it all on granite, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that disposable income was a good buffer for a while, um, and I think so. Also, that people, you know, since we were shut down and couldn't do much, people were still. They want to go out and do things. They yeah. want to mm-hmm. go out to eat. They want to meet friends. They they want right. to go to the movies and stuff like that. Well, luckily, I never bought into any of this, so I haven't stopped. So the, that's yep. uh, that's that's me. So <laughs> um, so the Fed, you know, moving ahead, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up. I, I I don't see this hurting the housing market. Is that kind of the unanimous opinion here mm-hmm. that things are just going to keep moving? Yep. Um, what I do think is that we're probably not going to see as many homes sell this year. Because we saw a record number last year. There's not enough homes on the market right now. Mm-hmm. I've also seen a little bit of an increase in off-market sales. Mm-hmm. Have you two noticed that? Mm-hmm. Yes. What do, you, what do you think the driver is there? You just got to find inventory where you can. So whether you know, you're know you trying to scrounge up some inventory for your clients off-market, so be it. But I think that you know the savvy agents are, are pulling out all the stops to find find housing for their clients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I've I've certainly seen um, more than I've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we're just aware of it now, too, because I, I, I also know that some people don't want to go through what it's like listing your home right now. I mean, mm-hmm. just having 50 people through your home in a weekend. Yep. It's ridiculous. I mean, and I, that that isn't I mean, you had a client that s- specifically was, said, I yes. don't want people coming through my house. Correct. And I want to sell, which, mm-hmm. you know, the, tough situation. Tough. Yeah. But you made it happen and she's still got a great yeah. number. It's It's, you know, it's kind of. When I, and this is a great segue into our next segment. We're going to talk about what agents should be doing to kind of reset their business because this has been a, a, a pretty incredible year, but you can't do the things that worked maybe two, even two years ago. It's If you're not doing this old school stuff and going back to the basics that work that have been around for decades, I, that's where a lot of people are, are getting. That's where a lot of agents are just losing market share. They're losing opportunities. And, and I think that has as much to do with it as anything else because their buyers are looking at them saying, hey... Like, I need your help. And mm-hmm. the savvy people are actually going out and doing it. And they're the ones selling houses. Correct. I agree with that. All right. So 
We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Everyone agrees the Fed is not going to cause a housing slowdown. Rates are going up. Just be ready to pay more in your monthly payment. I think it's kind of the way it works. Or don't wait would be the other advice for sellers and buyers. Yes. So knowing that, we're going to come back. We're going to take a quick break. And we're going to talk about what every agent should be doing and what they should be doing to get their business on track if they're not happy where it is so far this year. We're kind of getting through the first. We're already through the first quarter in my view. But the actual fiscal quarter we're ending that up, so it's a great time to reset. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomToolWithAnE.com. Sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. 
All right, we are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. She's Stacey Mitchell. We've got Gabe behind the camera. And again, we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. And we are part of the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And what we're going to talk about now is kind of a segue into what we, we just discussed. Because it's, it's obviously it's a competitive market. It's as hard for realtors, in my view, especially on the purchase side, as it is for the buyers. I wouldn't say as hard, but it's hard for realtors, too, because you're working with these people. I mean, what's the longest you work, you've each worked with a client? Like, and they got a house. Like, I mean... I'm still working with some that I've been. Like, if it, it really depends it, how specific. So is that two years I'm, I'm hearing? It could, yeah, it's really. It's literally two years. They're very specific in what they want and what neighborhood. So... You know, and they're willing to wait it out. But trust me, when something comes up in the neighborhood that they're looking, yeah, yeah. we're right there looking at it. So, so two years. What about you? Same. Same. So, um, and I mean, I, I've I've had some clients I've worked with. You know, one, two years, um, especially like the the seller that has it. They they don't want they want to find the right home, but they they have a very focused search. To your point, yep. I mean, you know, my wife and I recently moved. We looked for a year. We only looked at three houses, but it was took 12 months to find it because we knew, like, okay, here's where we can move to because of elementary school or other things. So knowing that's the case, when we talk about realtors, to me, and, and we've talked about this, and, I, and a, a lot of the coaches that are out there and people in the industry, there's going to be two kinds of agents in 2022. There's going to be the ones that say, well, inventory was low. It was a tough year. Didn't have a lot of opportunities. So you hear all the victim language there, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's the people that are going to say, I had my best year ever because I got back to basics. So that's what we want to talk about here because I, I, don't, I don't know that enough agents are actually taking control of their business instead of just letting it happen to them. Is that a fair statement? Totally fair. Okay. So we listed out a couple things. And, and I mean, to give everyone some perspective, my first year in real estate, Zillow didn't exist, right? Realtor.com was like barely a platform at that point. And it wasn't that long. Well, I guess it was 21 years ago. So it was a long, long, longer than you would think. It doesn't seem that long ago. And I charted out my first two years of sales full time. And everything either came from a sphere connection or a phone call, whether it was like a circle dial and expired, I door knocked, whatever it was. So we're going to go through some different lead sources here that agents should be looking at now where they can go out and generate their own business. Not pay referral fees to portals because that, you know, it's great when you get that lead that wants to buy right away, but it it costs you money and you either get money or time back and how they're working by design, just like the coaching call we had today with with our coach, Jeff Mays, versus you running around and kind of being like in a fire drill. Does that that sound fair? Fair. So, Sarah, I'm going to kick it to you first because you've started to embrace something that is near and dear to my heart. So why don't you explain? So, uh, old... uh Expired listings and withdrawn listings um, are, you know, a great a great area to target. These are people that went through the effort of actually putting their home on the market with a true intention um, to get that property sold, and for whatever reason, it didn't end up happening. And either the term that they had set up with their listing agent um, came to an end and it expired, or they decided to pull it off the market. Um, so this is this is a great place to kind of start and to reach out to and to find out like what happened um, the last time that you had it listed like you know did you just did it did your situation change or did you not get the number that you want or did you get fed up or 
Did it fall apart during um, inspection, appraisal, all of those pieces? So, um, you know, being able to, to reach out to them to find out what the situation is. And depending on how long ago it was that uh, that they went off the market, I mean, given how much appreciation we have seen, they may be in a whole different ballgame now. Um, and just kind of giving them that data and showing them what's going on in the market and what you potentially could get for it today, as well as, you know, all the buyers that are out there potentially looking in that neighborhood. Like, this will go, you know. Um so that's that's been a good source of of people to reach out to. So so you've had some success with this. This isn't just theory here, and I think that's where a lot of agents they get stuck. Like they 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 like oh it's a great idea, but they don't actually do it. So you you've had a listing appointment from this. You're working on a, a pretty nice listing, I, I would say, um, mm-hmm. without giving away any details. How hard was it finding the information? How much time did you have to spend on it? Because that's where people they always like. They, they kind of negotiate with themselves when it right. comes time to do the work. But I, I, I know what actually happened. So could you explain that? Sure. So um, when I first started, it was to kind of I was looking specifically for a buyer that, um, you know, had very specific criteria for what they wanted to be, where they wanted to be. Um, so I was kind of combing through looking for matches um, for for them and then. From that, kind of came up with a short list and then reached out to to those individuals. So there it did take a little bit more prep because I had to go through and make sure that this was going to work for the buyer that I had in mind. Um, so kind of researching all of those different pieces took, um, I mean, not terribly long, but, you know, you want to look back and see what are all the features of the property first for, you know, is this going to match up? Then kind of combing through and seeing like, well, when did it go on? When did it go off? Did it go under contract? You know, how long was it under contract? And kind of trying to piece together what may have happened so that when you call to get the information, like, you know, hopefully somebody picks up or or they get back to you, but that you, you know, you're not just saying like, hey, what happened? I want to get your (laughs) listing. You know, you're like, hey, like, I'm looking through all of this. Like, Tell me what I don't know here because I think you've this property looks like it should move if you're still in a position that you want to sell. Um, so, but I think if you were to go through um, and maybe just pick like a neighborhood or pick an area, you'd still want to have that, or I would still want to have that information together before making the call. But it maybe wouldn't take quite as long in the on the back end there of piecing together a, a proper fit. So anybody can do this. Yeah. Okay. And you and how many how many people did you reach out to? Because I want to give everyone an idea what like your ratio is to getting an appointment. Yeah. So in this case, I think it was about five. Twenty so percent um, conversion rate. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. I'm sold. Are you that, that's all I need to hear. I would do it immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's really good, right? So yeah, it's really good. Old expired listings because a lot of people said there's nothing that expired. Well, there's nothing that maybe expires right now. To me, there's always three groups of expired listings: the people that are going to relist right away, the people that are going to maybe not sell or reevaluate, which I think is kind of this group, but now the market's changed so dramatically, there's a reason to reach out. And there's the folks that maybe take two to six months to kind of decide what they want to do. Maybe they're going to try to time it better. Maybe they got to do some work. So, but again, you, you brought up a great point. They listed their home and wanted to sell. Mm-hmm. So this is like an obvious thing to me. I mean, uh, you know, I, I love expired listings because I really believe you're helping people there too. Probably more so than, because than, they had a bad agent. I mean, mm-hmm. We've all seen, yeah, Stacey's right. face says it all. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't hear that on the radio, but that, that's okay. <laughs> so old expired listings, so that's one. Um, so Stacey, you're doing something too, right? Yes. 
Circle dialing. Tell us more. Mm -hmm. So circle dialing is um, basically just mapping out a neighborhood. And uh, typically it's around an area that um, a listing of ours has sold. And I just reach out to folks in the neighborhood. And if somebody answers, I just provide them the information about the home that's sold in their neighborhood. And, and just ask them questions and, and let them talk and tell me their story and see if there's any interest there and, or if they know of anybody um, who might be interested in listing. And uh, it's been fruitful. As a matter of fact, I had my first uh, buyer consult and listing appointment all at the same time uh, this past weekend based on a circle dial. So how many of those calls have you made? And that's so you said you got your first appointment. And I th- there is there is a volume game you have to play mm-hmm. here. So just give I just want everyone to get a little perspective here. Um, how many times did I follow up at this particular? Oh, how, how many? Like, how, how many, many people have you reached out to? Um, circle dialing, um, quite a bit. I mean, you get folks that are just like, no, but and I say, can you keep my number? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or if they hang up the phone on you, or it's the wrong number. But. Uh, <laughs> You, you kind of get hardened to that stuff anyway. <laughs> but you'd be surprised. People are very engaging if you, you know. So if, was it like 100, 200? Okay, number. Um, probably 200. 200, okay. So yeah. one out of 200, it's not bad. I mean, <laughs> Well, I have some on the hook that I'm still well, nurturing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, the fact that you got an appointment yes. out of 200 calls. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you could probably make those calls in a couple hours if you oh, just yeah. sat on the phone and did it. So For sure. And are, do you find a lot of people are reaching out to these folks, or is, is this a less competitive situation, harder to identify the actual person who's ready to transact? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I've had people say that, oh, you know, somebody called me a couple of months ago about my house or whatever. But for the most part, I don't get that. I don't really get that. People, um, the ones that do answer, they might know about the house that's sold, and they're curious about that. Um, but yeah, it's not... It's not like this happens all the time where they're bombarded with phone calls. No. And that that was my point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine way, way less than even like when you go into the expires, I think. <laughs> those yeah, people get those assaulted people, by realtors. And, yes. Yeah. And I think that in like waves, you know, like mm-hmm. there's like the initial wave of yeah. just like where they're probably like, I mean, they won't I don't even know how many people phone, have landlines right? these days, but like where they may just like unplug it. You know? Right. right. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would imagine that doing the, if you're going around circle dialing, you're not having people that had that volume right and they, i guess they don't feel as threatened either you right. know you're not coming at them with you're coming at them with information mm-hmm. and just to see where it goes yeah mm-hmm. well and, and uh, you you took the words right out of my mouth there you guys are both delivering value mm-hmm. right oh hey have you seen what's happened in the market in the past 24 months since your home came off the market or mm-hmm. hey did you see what the neighbor's home sold for some people mm-hmm. are totally oblivious like they don't even care mm-hmm. and that, that's okay because they're probably not ready to transact but if you build that relationship and then all of a sudden out of nowhere and this happens invariably when you prospect and build your pipeline, all of a sudden someone calls you. It's like, hey, you, you called me two years ago. I've been getting your emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're thinking about selling right now. Can you come out? Like It, it happens like that because once someone's like ready, that. they're ready to go. So yep. we're talking about old expired listings, circle dialing. Uh, door knocking has been a big thing, mm-hmm. a big topic of late. And uh, this is something I did a lot in, when I, when I was in like 2006, 2007, 2008. And to me, that's, that's such an effective way because you want to find a place that's like walkable. I think that's like you can't be going to a neighborhood where it's like three acre lots and you got to walk between all. The, I mean, you, you get ten houses in like three hours. It's going to take forever. But if it's a place where it and, and and door knocking can go a lot of different ways. It could be an expired listing, so it's like highly targeted door knocking where you know that there's a, there's a reason to reach out to them. Um, a neighborhood where you're trying to 
get into. You want to sell some homes there, some place that's walkable. Uh, you have to be careful with HOAs. Obviously, there there typically is a, is a restriction on the solicitation there. Anytime you can get face to face with somebody, mm-hmm. I mean, how well does it go for you when you get face to face? So much. Better. I know your so conversion rate. So you got so much better face to face. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're taking that that risk now. It's is it harder to do? You got to commit to the time. Like you got to time block it. A buddy of mine, he's going to do a training for us actually next week. He's spe- he's going every Friday and door knocking Newport wow. Beach, like Ooh. multi-million dollar properties. Mm-hmm. So. The, the, the point is that, I mean, you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So is that something you guys have tried or like t- tell us more about your experience and I can share mine? I have not tried, but I've made a commitment with a team mem- member <laughs> that we're going to go door knocking. Commitment, huh? I like the yes. wording there. Well, we yeah, we, we said <laughs> that we're going to hold each other accountable. So, <laughs> so how are you going to do that? What's the plan? The plan is, well, we're going to do deliver five CMAs each okay. in, before April 1st. We're going to do it together. So he's going to pick his um, target. They're going to be targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, Meaning, based like, on, how are you targeting them? Uh, so based on the ownership, the duration of the ownership of the home. So he's looking for like 20 years plus ownership um, and in, in different areas. He's looking at very specific township. So... And that he's got his picked out already. I haven't done that, but I know general area. So I'm going to do my research, target. We're going to put some information together with the CMAs along with some seeds. So for oh, springtime, cute. yes, <laughs> along with our smiling faces on some uh, marketing materials that Val's going to make up for us. So yes, so we're going to do this before April 1st. And then following that, uh, we're going to do our door knocking. Well, and Tom Ferry came on our show and said, basically, just deliver a CMA a day and you're going to get listings. So I, I, I love that strategy because, again, you're giving value. We're not just saying, hey, I'm here to sell your house, which is what a lot of, a lot of realtors, they just close too hard. They're, you know, they're like 16-year-old guys at like a high school dance. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> instead, of, instead of actually like delivering value. So I love that. And, and I think you got to have something to drop off because if mm-hmm. you don't see them there... Yeah, we used to. I, I used to have those like plastic door hangers. Mm-hmm. We put like a flyer in of sales activity and just leave it right on the doorknob. Mm-hmm. And because you can't put anything in the mailbox because that's illegal. Right. A lot of people don't know that. Um, I love door knocking though because it's if you do the things that like nobody else wants to do because mm-hmm. not a lot of agents want to do door knocking, right? right. Mm-hmm. You commit to that stuff, then that's where you start to take market share and earn business. So that, that that's really good. So well, and I think it's also with that if somebody opens the door, you're gonna get a little bit more like they may be like no not interested and shut the door but for <laughs> that's happened the to most, me many times by the way <laughs> right but you're probably going to get some maybe a little tidbit more information from them or like you know people are less likely when it's face to face to just completely shut it down even if it ultimately is you know no we're not interested they may you know kind of say oh but you know these guys so down so. the street have been there for or you know whatever i just find that face to face people tend to open up a little bit more mm-hmm I mean, if someone, uh, you know, like the only door-to-door sales I've gotten have been like the, the energy company that wants to like group in your, you know what I'm talking like, yeah. oh, about? Mm-hmm. Like that's the only one I've ever dealt, I'll dealt with. But if someone's coming and saying, hey, here's what's going on in your neighborhood, or you show up smiling, you're dressed professionally, like think about all the steps in here. And then if you practice your scripts and know the right questions to ask, and a lot of times it's just to get them talking. It's not like about right. real estate. You'd be surprised what people tell you. I'm a little jaded because I've been doing this so long, but I mean, some people they just they just want to talk to me nice. Like yeah. that's it, it, it's an amazing thing. So we got door knocking, love that. Circle dialing, expired listings. 
I think that the is there anything else? And we got a couple minutes here. Anything else that's working in your business right now that maybe is more of like an old school technique that you've started to implement? And I've got one more thing everyone should be doing, and then we can kind of move on here. And we got uh, Jenny here from Tom James, who's going to be our guest in the uh, in the third segment here. But any, anything you guys are seeing success with is maybe a little old school. Well, so I haven't had success yet, but um, <laughs> what one other thing that I've been doing, um, and this was again targeted to very specific. Um, neighborhoods or uh, actually like um, a condo um, group there, neighborhood, um, for a buyer going in and looking at not only that the owner has been, has had the property for, you know, at least like 10 years maybe, yeah. but also that they are not, it's not owner occupied. So they are, you know, they're most likely renting it out. So in that case, you know, going in and saying like, hey, this is what you got it for then. This is what I think you like. Would you be ready to cash out? Um, And in those situations, it's it tends to be a little less emotional and they don't need to relocate. You know, this is just they've they've got renters or they've they just have this as an investment property and they might not realize um, what they actually could get for it. So when I've done that, though, it has been targeted, again, trying to just kind of like pair something up for for a buyer. And, you know, I got feedback was I got feedback. I mean, a lot of it was no, but um, at least, you know, you got some answers or some people that were maybe interested to get more information. And then so far, I I, had, I haven't lined it up for this uh, this particular person yet. But, um, you know, people were interested in hearing what it would be. Well, it, it, you got to start somewhere, right? Like, right. it's not going to, you're not going to get a yes right out of the gate. Cause if, if right. that happened, everyone would be selling real estate. It's the people, and, and this is any sale. You got to kind of stick with it and keep following. And then all of a sudden, if you stay committed to that, you're going to have like a bunch of appointments that come out of nowhere. And you're like, holy crap, I can't believe it all worked. But that's how it works every single time. It's never like every eight people I talk to, I get an appointment. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work that way. So, right. so I love that. The last thing I, w- I would, I would kind of hit on here is um, working your sphere. And we've talked about this before, but like reaching out to them in a meaningful way, like a handwritten note, a personalized video, something like that. Um, because I, I mean, literally I called uh, one of our past clients on his birthday. I, I haven't talked to him since he sold his house. It was like two years ago. He goes, Hey, I'm glad you called. My son wants to buy a house. Like, li- like, okay, awesome. I, I mean, and, and but I wasn't okay. calling to get business. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing. So I, I, those are, I mean, we hit a lot of old school stuff here. That's, you're doing this stuff. You're going to win in 2022. I think that's that's mm-hmm. the point here because it's it's really competitive right now. And mm-hmm. you know, every time a buyer loses out to ten other offers, that means there's mm-hmm. ten losers in that situation. Anyone pick yeah. up on the focus of of all these different lead pillars that we talked about here? There's one common thread: generating more listings. Generating <laughs> more listings, right? And if you start thinking that way, that's how you win. I, I think. And and most agents don't want to do that. They're they're chasing deals mm-hmm. instead of building a business. Yep. All right, so we're going to wrap it there. we got Jenny coming on next uh, from Tom James. This is Tool Time, real estate radio on WWDB 860 AM. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. 
Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX main line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And we've got Jenny Monster here. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right. You've told me people get it wrong. Yes. Okay, yes. awesome. So she's from Tom James. Uh, so, And that's a like a custom clothing company. So Jenny, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and, and then what you do, and then we'll just kind of get into a discussion here and talk about your business because I think it's pretty similar to what we do in a lot of ways. Okay, yeah. I'd love to hear the uh, similarities there. But yeah, I mean, we're both in uh, sales. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so I work for, for Tom James. Our office is in King of Prussia, but we work for, we basically are for the greater Philadelphia area. So I go to my client's home or offices and I sell them custom clothing. So we do suits, sport jackets, shirts, pants, kind of everything. Um, recently, we've been doing a lot of casual wear, as you guys could probably take a guess. Uh, not a lot of guys are wearing suits anymore. Um, so yeah, all of our stuff is vertically integrated, made in the, uh, the United States, which is uh, very important to a lot of our clients, especially with uh, supply and demand issues going on right now. We don't want to outsource, outsource any of our products. Um, so yeah. Uh, basically, Tom's one of my clients. We're both dressed to the nines right now, as you can tell, both wearing our own yeah. uh, Tom James stuff. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's a great client of mine. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me. So, I mean, what, what I find the most interesting about your company, and the thing I like the most, is that I don't have to go to the store. Like, right. I, 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 does any, do you guys like going to stores anymore? Like, I just think it's a total pain in the ass. Like like shopping for clothes, like it's, I I have no time for this stuff. I have You've to totally be in, be in the mood, right? Yeah, yeah. And, right. And you, we just never have time though. It's like right, yeah. But you got to be in the mood. Yeah, I like online shopping more, um, but I feel like when you go to the store, they just don't have what you want when you go there. Like they don't have your size, um, and they just don't have the amount of inventory that they used to. So that's kind of the whole. Point, and that's the way that we made it through the pandemic was because all of our products are you order it and then it's made for you. It's not just already made up and then you just buy it off the rack. So everything does obviously come in your size. So, yeah. So when someone, when you, for example, you go to someone's home to get their measurements, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is the turnaround time for when you meet with them to take their measurements and decide what they want to order to actually them getting the goods? So it takes about six to eight weeks for everything to, to be made. And then we do the alterations if there are any. And 
for those that are interested, it's they're free for the first six months of you owning the garment. Um, so alterations take about like a week because we have tailors in-house uh, in King of Prussia. Um, so yeah, I usually say six to eight weeks. If a guy is getting like married and they need like a tux, I usually say 10 um, just because if there's any alterations, I don't want there to be any issues for them. So yeah. So what does a, a, a standard appointment look like when you come out? Do you bring... Do you bring the materials? Do you mm-hmm. bring sa- fabric samples? And yeah, I, I actually look like an attorney because I ca- I roll this big black uh, bag <laughs> with me everywhere. It's full of just fabric <laughs> fabric swatches um, and measuring tools. Yeah, so that's all that I bring. And then I have an iPad because some guys like to know what the suit would look like completely made up. So we have pictures of it made completely up as well. Um, and then besides like all the like you know suits and stuff, we do jeans and sweaters and kind of like more casual stuff as well because not everybody's wearing that stuff anymore. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and we do women's too, by the way. Yeah, um, <laughs> clearly, you're wearing, I mean, yeah. you're wearing your own clothes. This isn't so. a man's, a man's <laughs> And then is there, a, is there an order minimum or? No, no, we don't do a minimum. I have clients that sometimes just will just hit me, like text me and just be like, I just need like a couple pairs of jeans or something like that. And we, we don't have a minimum. I kind of feel like I'm just more based on, I just want to please my clients mm-hmm. and I just want to build my clientele. A big way that we get our clients is through referrals. Um, so I just want to kind of make sure they don't have to go to the store. So I'm like a one-stop kind of shop deal. Mm-hmm. So we do everything. Um, and it's, it's more like for the convenience factor of not going shopping. Like you can just text me and I'll mm-hmm. just help you with anything. So... Yeah, and then you get you know something completely custom and right, and it'll fit it. you. I have your measurements, and you don't have to keep getting measured over and over and over unless you decide to hit the Peloton like like Tom did. Yeah, yeah well, that's because I was a fat ass. But that's a different story. So <laughs> yeah, I'm altering a lot of a lot of Tom's old stuff. Yeah, yeah. Problem. I mean, it's a good problem to have. I guess. That's a great problem yeah. to have. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just see like this, this. This to me is how people are going to start shopping, though. Because I mean, think about how things have changed over the past two years. I mean, we're seeing it as well. Like people want everything faster, quicker, and a lot of people don't want to leave their house anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that's healthy. It's just the reality mm-hmm. of, of the. Are, are you seeing an uptick in your business now that? Well, yeah, I feel like I get questions all the time how we made it through the pandemic and stuff. And it's because people don't people don't really like people that much. It's kind of <laughs> like people don't want to go out and they don't want to go shopping and they want things. They do want things quick. That's why people love Amazon mm-hmm. um, and they want things to fit. They don't want to have to deal with all the crap of returning and all of all that stuff. So it's definitely become a huge increase recently, uh, especially with guys like that are in sales that get it, that like want the quick, the quick stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And what areas do you go to? What do you mean? Um, I guess, you know, do you go into the city and then how far oh, out oh, the suburbs? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go into the city twice a week and okay. then I like hit usually like South Jersey when I do that. And then I do like Chester County, which is when I usually see him and then Delco. And then I go to Bucks County too. Okay. Yep. So it's kind of like all over, all over the place. And then you have like set days that you're in. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. And you kind of, the cool thing about starting at Tom James is you pick where you want to go. So we have guys that go to like the Lehigh Valley. I do not do that, which is, that's cool if you want to do that, but I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people that go to like North Jersey and like central but I don't do that either so okay. I like to keep it kind of close yeah. to close to the office because we're in King of Prussia so nice yeah I can totally relate to that yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, this is what I'm saying I mean I, I like this, this sounds pretty similar like you're, work, you're working on referrals right, right. So mm-hmm. we were just talking about that you're, you're traveling all over the place to go do business so right. how did you like how, how have you built your business because I think it's really interesting to hear like what happens from like you get a job to 
you end up where you are now. You're getting like some awards or something I saw on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. explain that because I don't think a lot of people get how to build a career. And this, I don't think this is any different than what we do. I mean, this, this is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, it's tough in the beginning. You kind of have to really just put your head down and get. A, I get a lot of referrals. That's actually the big way that I get the, the best of my business is through referrals. Um, there's a few different ways that we do. We do drop-ins. Like we'll just drop into a business, which is kind of old school. Um, but a lot of people appreciate those. Um, Sounds like door knocking. Right. Very. Yeah, it's very... That's exactly what it is we call it, kicking, <laughs> kicking down the doors. That's what we what we say. Um, we do that a lot. Um, something that we do that's a little different that most people don't do is called floating. So if a guy's dressed nice, we'll actually go up to them and just compliment them on their outfit and get their business card. That's actually a great, <laughs> great way to get business. A lot of my good clients are from that. But you have to be like not creepy about it. Um, uh, <laughs> it's so, probably like a fine line there. <laughs> yeah. We try our best not to cold call. That's kind of the idea. We always want to warm up our calls before we give them. Um, we want to avoid that as in any way that we can. Uh, we use LinkedIn a lot um, and just kind of like messaging. Um, we don't, our company doesn't advertise actually. We just, it's because it's just, it's expensive and we want to use our money towards high quality clothing and not just, you know, commercials and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we do use like LinkedIn and stuff like that just because it's obviously like it's free advertisement. I don't think it's free though because you have to, act, if you're going to convert on those sites, you have to do the one-to-one outreach. Like you have to do the prospecting. Right, and, right, and, right. And a lot of people, and, and we talk about this all the time because a lot of realtors use social media. Mm-hmm. They think all of a sudden they're going to get all this business, but it doesn't matter unless you actually reach out and do the prospecting activities anyway. Yeah. But then they're warmed up to your point because it's it's basically like a billboard for your business. Mm-hmm, exactly. So how did you, like, what made you comfortable doing that? Like, I mean, like, how did you start? It's, it's going well now, but like, yeah. what were some of the challenges you went through? Because I'm sure realtors or anyone that's thinking about getting into sales has probably felt the same thing. You hear a lot of no's. Um, you kind of mm-hmm. just have to have a tough skin already and just be okay with that. That's why I always say like the best jobs, like they, the people why, the reason why a lot of people can't do sales is because tough jobs just don't pay they do pay well I don't, I don't know if that made sense mm-hmm. but like the hardest jobs pay well because not a lot of people can do them um, and sales is one of those jobs because it's just it's a harder job and not everybody can do it um, and I've seen I feel like sales jobs have a lot of turnover rates and stuff like that just because people mm-hmm. can't handle rejection um, I think it just takes honestly just a lot of going through it and building that like tough skin um, I, I mean I, I've, I'm training people now and they're going through that right now and it's really tough on them but I always just kind of say just take the emotion out of it uh, I feel like if you actually put your heart into every appointment you're just going to set yourself up for up and down and every single day is like different and that's just so exhausting so I feel like you just kind of have to put your head down and just t- try your best to just take the emotion just out of it every single time if that makes sense so did you two feel that way when you got into real estate? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have the five-second funeral. So, yeah, I same mean, thing. Same know, thing. yeah. Yeah. Well, I always say don't um, get upset over something for longer than five minutes if it won't affect you from five years from now. Yep. So let yourself oh, get yeah. really upset for five minutes and then just let it go because it just doesn't matter anymore. Yep. Right. And I mean, the more time you get, you spend being upset about something, then that's more time that you wasted not doing something right. else. And it just... It's mm-hmm. nothing you can do anything about. Um, so, yeah, just kind of being like, all right, that's a no. Move on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, Jenny, how can people get in touch with you? we got about three minutes left here. So what's the best way for them to reach out if they're interested in clothes or, you know, getting a custom suit or anything like that? What's what, what's best? Yeah, I'm not going to put my, my number on the air. That's probably not <laughs> no. a good idea. Uh, I have Instagram. It's like at Philly Suit Girl. And then my LinkedIn is Jennifer Monster. Um, you can use either one. 
And then my email also, if you want to, is j.monster. It's monster, but with no T, so M-O-N-S-E-R, at tomjames.com. <laughs> <laughs> very cool very cool so at philly suit girl on instagram is where you can follow jenny we got a couple minutes left what should people know about you that you want to make sure that you get the word out today or they should know about your company or any of your services um well if you're interested in clothes that fit that are high quality um just reach out to me because i'll make it a lot easier for you than really anybody else that i can think of any other company um that's kind of our motto is that we'll just always come to you so if you don't want to leave your house and you want something that's nice and it fits well <laughs> then uh, just hit me up. I, I do agree there's a big difference between getting like a suit off the rack and one that's like custom. I mean, you just, you feel more confident. And if that, I think that's the, you know, like going into people's houses and trying to interview to like get them to list their home. Like that's, you know, I mean, the confidence level is, mm-hmm. is, is so critical. Yeah, that's probably the best part about what I do is when a guy gets something that actually fits, you see their face just like light up. It's like so exciting. It's just like makes their day. I feel like the guys I work with are so busy and they just, you know, they're always just like head down and so focused on what they do. And then I just come into their office like, hey, I have a new fitting suit for you. And I'm just like a break in their day, which is nice. It's yeah. just like, a oh, OK. And then they just put it on. They're like, yeah. And they feel good. <laughs> it's a good feeling. <laughs> Very cool. Anything yeah, else you want to add? We got what well, we got a minute left. You guys got any questions? Just real quick. What what was probably one of the funniest appointments that you've been on? Good that question. Comes to mind. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> funniest. Oh, man. I feel like a lot of the appointments I go on are pretty funny. Hold on. I need to think about that. Funniest appointment. Um, well, I've had multiple times a guy's like slit their pants when putting them on, if that's funny. I mean, it's funny. That is, yeah. that is phenomenal. <laughs> but it's not, my, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't that they didn't fit. It's just some people just don't know how to put on um, custom pants. So they kind of just like, and I've had I've had that happen before. But if that ever happens, I have a tailor in house so they can fix that. Okay. Does that happen more than once? Yes, it's happened. Okay, awesome. We're gonna leave it there. Great way, Jenny. Thanks for coming on again. You want to follow Jenny? It's at Philly Suit Girl on Instagram. She works with Tom James. Highly recommend her. I'm a client. That's where I get all my clothes, at least for work. So at Philly Suit Girl on Instagram. You want to follow Stacy? She's at the number two Mitchco on Instagram. Sarah's at Ty underscore Ty Time on Instagram. You can follow me at Tom Tool Three RD at Tom Tool the Third on Instagram. And we are streaming live every week: YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Click subscribe on the YouTube channel. That's all we got. It's Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB eight sixty AM. Okay.